It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artist with ScottArtist.com. Swear, and my co-host, the goofball Heather Artist from BlackPearlMinute.com. Really? Shaking things up? What is this, your new thing all of a sudden? There's only minutes left. So that means you just gotta let all hell break loose? Oh yeah. Oh god, we're in for deep, deep, arr. Thanks for joining us for minute 128 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. If we didn't have so much going on, I really wanted to attend the Disney Expo D23 coming up. Unfortunately, I just can't slip away. Really irritating. It's especially bad since this was a year to go. Beginning July 14th, some of those secrets of Pirates of the Caribbean ride will be laid bare. At the D23 Expo, Disney's biennial three-day fan fest, Pirates will dominate the Anaheim Convention Center with a museum-like exhibit and... A Friday afternoon talk by Imagineers such as Baxter and Orlando Ferrante, the latter of whom worked on the Disneyland original ride. Oh, really? Yeah, we're completely screwed up. That's ridiculous. And that will take the audience through the 50-year history of the attraction. Seriously, we really should have been on top of something like this and planned ahead. Especially after being jilted from Comic-Con. So why the hell did we just not follow up with D23 Expo? I have no freaking idea. It's just asinine. You didn't pay attention. It was, yep, it was you... And you didn't pay attention. I don't understand how this is all my fault. but It's always your fault. I should say to the both of us, how dare us? I swear it's like an amateur hour around here. Well, one part of us and then there's me. Given we are flush with advertising dollars that are just pouring into the show, shouldn't this be our full-time job thing going on here? And if so, shouldn't we have ventured down to see what the hell is happening with Pirates of the Caribbean? Of course it should have been. Yeah, we dropped the ball. Oh, and I forgot, we don't have advertising dollars, and we have day jobs. Living the dream, living the dream. (laughs) In the previous minute, Will throws out the one-sided I love you, gets the evil eye from Norrington, the stink eye from Governor Swan, and the shocked eye from Elizabeth. Given their reactions, he decides to try his luck with the less-than-hopeful Captain Jack Sparrow, opting to make his way through the crowd and whip out his sword. Nothing says I save the day than someone balancing on your sword. Having your weapon knocked to the ground. Swinging your axe and playing with the hangman. Arr! Wow. What? That was all stuff that happened in the I, minute. Uh-huh. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. Some pretty interesting stuff there. That's what I thought. Luckily, this is a clean minute. I'm not really sure what you're getting at because I just said things uh-huh. that happened in the minute. I know. These things just go right over my head. It's crazy. Yeah. Minute 128 begins with the executioner's axe cutting the rope, thereby freeing Captain Jack Sparrow. Will Turner knocks the executioner into the crowd, thwarting Commodore Norrington's arrival by falling upon him and the Marines. Jack falls to the ground and cuts his hands free on the sword Will threw. The minute ends with Jack and Will surrounded by Marines, Commodore Norrington and Governor Swan. The governor says to Will, On return to Port Royal, I granted you clemency. And this is how you thank me? By throwing in your lot with him? He's a pirate. I'm going to go out on a limb here, but this is possibly, and we're talking minute 128, the most nostalgic swashbuckler vibe than anything else in the entire movie. This minute has that. Oh, yeah. 
Jack and Will sword fighting in the blacksmith shop. Jack and Barbosa fighting on Isla de Muerta. The Black Pearl and the Interceptor battle. The skeleton pirate fight on the Dauntless. Any of those? Nope. I venture a case could be made that this minute, well, maybe these final few minutes, actually, starting with the Will rescuing Jack thing from escape and all uh-huh. that. It's here where you will find classic swashbuckler elements, a variety of elements that absolutely have that sense of watching an Errol Flynn movie. Even down to Will's look. Again with the Earl Flynn. Not Earl Flynn. Earl <laughs> Flynn's his brother from Appalachia. <laughs> Errol Flynn. Earl, Earl Flynn. That's all different. <laughs> Errol Flynn's fighting the bad guys and Earl Flynn's drinking a soda pop. It kind of reminds me of like... Three Musketeers. That's exactly it. You know, the candy bar. Not the candy bar. (laughs) Earl Flynn is eating the Three Musketeers. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's going on. Even, like I said, down to Will's look. It's a Musketeer swashbuckler vibe that's happening in this particular scene, this minute. There's the incredible sword throwing stunt, which provides a place for Jack to land so he doesn't get hanged. Will does this over-the-top. Flip off the gallows <laughs> yeah. thing? Really, Will? Really? Come on. Didn't we just it's talk like- last minute about doing things that you really haven't established as skills before? Now you're... <laughs> it's like this Mary movie, Lou Retton thing going on this there? This movie didn't have enough swashbuckling in it. So we need to add this flip to start it all off. That's what I'm saying. I mean, from my point of view, I routinely flip off of things when I'm getting down. I dismount and do that stuff off, off ladders. Bed. Off the bed, I do that occasionally. But Will doing it, he hasn't established himself really as a skill. And I was trying to remember back to the blacksmith shop. Did he do a lot of flipping down? Did he jump down from the rafters and flip? Or no? Or did he just jump down? I I can't remember. I need to look that up. Doing this type of flip. I don't recall. I mean, it's possible. Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. All I'm going to say is really, Will? Really. I'm just going to leave it there. And then they take the noose that's around... Well, I'm setting all this up and you're going to steal neck. my thunder. Go oh, ahead. Yeah. No, it's too late now. You got to take Go it. Give it a lively sell. <laughs> Maybe. They take the noose that's around Jack's neck and they grab both grab Well, this two. sounds like it's a 1930s police drama. I'm waiting for wow, Humphrey, really? Humphrey Bogart to really? come in. That's pretty awesome. Let's make it a 1930s police drama. Jeez. They take the noose that's around Jack's neck. And they grab each side of it. They take the noose, you see? And then... <laughs> yeah, she's through. She's out of the way. That's what she is. You're lying. You wouldn't dare. I wouldn't, would I? I'll show you. Rico, listen. I ain't gonna spill anything if that's what you're scared of. You think I want my neck stretched? Well, you know too much. I ain't gonna take any chances. You're hanging around with me, see? What is this? This is a radio <laughs> drama thing this going is on. Gone Are you sure? way over. Of course Go it ahead. has, because you entered the picture. <laughs> Jack and Will... Work together with the hangman's rope to trip up a couple of waves of oncoming marines. Now, the 30s police drama sounded better than that. There well, was no excitement there. How could I come off of that after we just did a routine of uh, old... Whatever those are called now. I can't think of what they're called. How dare you take that away from me. Come on, soldiers. Don't run towards the middle of the freaking rope. Can't you see the writing on the wall here? Spread out a bit, guys. No, that rope is so thin, it's like fishing line. They can't see it. I had another theory about that, What's that? This is all part of the 
let's line up for a gentleman's war and create a nice wall of bodies to shoot at. <laughs> well, yeah. So should we be surprised that they would run at a rope no. like this? No. They're, they're probably just thinking, well, hell, at least this rope isn't a bunch of musket balls coming towards us. Yeah. So they're they're thankful for it. It's like, how, oh, they, it's how they, the they fight. Yeah, they just run together. Side by side. Yeah, they were all partnered up. Then Jack and Will take the rope, knock out a couple of soldiers by pulling it tight so the soldiers then bang up against the pillar. Both are surrounded by soldiers unwilling to give up their moment, so they're kind of walking in circles, being surrounded by the Marines. I like when they ting the sword on all the bayonets. Sorry, I was going to call them batons. <laughs> That's a word that Is came it because to mind. Will's a gymnast? Yeah. And of course, when Will and Jack start to make their way to the edge of the fort overlooking the ocean, and this is before they get surrounded by Marines, though, they do this synchronous somersault maneuver to avoid the Marines that are coming Oh, yeah. Tell me that's not classic it's, swashbuckler material. Oh, yeah, material. totally. That just screams, yeah. this is a swashbuckler. It's a, it's a Three Musketeers. Classic swashbuckler. This is not... It's a... Well, it could be a Three Musketeers. There's been some recent versions of that. Yeah. But it really harkens back to that harkens. I said that on purpose harkens. because I wanted us to get back to the era of the 30s <laughs> and those early movies of some of those swashbuckler types and Robin Hood yeah. and stuff. Oh, did I say Errol Flynn? No, you said Earl. I'm not sure if you, yeah, I'm not sure if you know, but Errol Flynn, his younger brother Earl, was not as well known of an actor. As much as I really wanted to hate this scene with all these classic exaggerated stunts, oh, it was awesome. You just got to jump in and steal my thunder. Yeah. No, I'm going to say I don't like it. Because it was awesome. As much as I didn't want to like it, yeah, I didn't like it. It. Was, it was a great coming to an end of the movie. Yeah, like I'm somehow above those other movies and don't enjoy those swashbucklers. So, yeah. It's not like this is supposed to be a completely realistic skeleton cursed pirates movie. So I admit it. I liked it. I like the swashbucklerness yeah. of it, if that's a word. Me too. The music helps for sure. Ambush at the Gallows, or also called Will Rescues Jack, which all transitions into the running theme, he's a pirate. When Jack and Will are doing their thing, there are a, a group of Marines too in the background that at first seem to be just standing around and not getting involved. Yeah. When They're they kind of in the crowd. Yeah, when they finally get on the ball, most of them are doing like the very dangerous duty of holding the crowd back as opposed to helping <laughs> stop the Rebel Will and Pirate Jack. Well, you don't want the crowd getting involved in that. Well, probably back then you didn't, but you get those fruits and vegetables there, thrown at you as you typically saw. Women and children out there. Well, I don't think they really cared about women and children. Oh. Especially since children were hanged as well sometimes. And we see that, spoiler, in some upcoming Pirates of the Caribbean movies. So, precedence. <laughs> Basically, I can't say anything bad about it. I mean, I can make fun of some of it, but I liked it. Yeah, I did too. I can't explain it. It just made me smile. Like, yeah. I'm watching a good action movie. Okay. Not quite realistic, but this takes me back to watching some old films. Those old 80s. No, just kidding. Those <laughs> old films of yesteryear. Things that my parents grew up on. And that I was forced into watching as a kid, but didn't appreciate till I was older. Oh, black and white, Dad, really? <laughs> no, no, I appreciate them, and they have some good elements in about it. Yeah. And it's that kind of wholesome, it's almost that wholesome nature about it. It's fighting, but it's fun and wholesome, where nobody's really getting hurt. Right. That's what that vibe is. And it didn't bother me in the least. Nope. I have a number of thoughts about Will Turner, specifically. Okay, maybe the first is not specifically Will, but it's tangentially related to him. Governor Swan shows his displeasure with Will helping Jack escape. He says that he granted him clemency and that he shows his thanks by siding with Jack Sparrow, the pirate. 
He's a pirate. But more on that, we can talk about it in a second for that he's a pirate thing. What the hell, Governor? That's your reaction to Will in this particular moment? Seriously. That's how he shows his thanks? I mean, seriously, what is going on here? How about some extra thanks from you for going off and saving your freaking daughter? Yeah. I had to bring up freaking again freaking. from yesterday's show. Jeez. Seriously. How quickly you forget the entire skeleton pirate's kidnapping thing under the watch of you and Norrington? Yeah. You let that happen. Will went off and saved the day with some help from Jack and stuff. But still, yeah. But yeah, and Jack. The thing stands. Will and Jack saved the day. Yep. You guys dropped the ball. Yep. And Will is just supposed to roll over and show thanks by yeah. thanks for the clemency when... I think you owe me some more stuff still. He's just a blacksmith. Yeah. I mean, show Will a little more respect there, Mr. Governor. In fact, you should have granted Will a couple more wishes, if I do say so myself. Like, maybe letting Jack go? Right. This does get back to the idea that someone needed to take the fall for the loss of the Interceptor that we talked about. Mm, You may not remember this, because it may have been during the episodes where you were dying. But that was something I threw out there. Yeah. Couldn't they have blamed it all on those other pirates they apprehended back at Isla de Muerta? Right. All the cursed crew. Formerly cursed Form- crew. Yes. Let's get that straight now. Apparently not, since Jack is on the gallows. I guess he couldn't have enough sway to grant clemency for everything Jack has done, maybe? That's the thing of it? That was a long laundry list of crimes against the crown. Maybe it only goes so far. Andy's a pirate, and there's no... It was, and that clergy, you know. Yeah, the cleric. The cleric. There is... Really no leniency for pirates, I guess no. I should say. So maybe ye that's be part of it. Yeah, ye be warned. Will is sporting all kinds of new fancy clothes here too and a great hat. So that's fitting of a true pirate for sure. And I imagine those were things from Governor Swan. So maybe that was what called it even. That, I'm give or you maybe clothes. he actually got into, he's no longer apprentice. That or, let's be honest, did Will put a little treasure in his pocket when he was that, leaving the cave? or... Maybe Jack gave him some of his treasure. Wouldn't Will be dumb if he didn't put some jewels in his pocket well, when he left? Yeah, yeah. Seriously, you gotta leave Did that Elizabeth place with some... too? I sure hope so. <laughs> you gotta leave there with some trinkets. I mean, I know you can't take boatloads out, but put some in your pockets. Yeah. If you don't, shame on you guys. Shame on you. So he did. He had to have. That's where he got the clothes. Either that or Governor Swan. Or like you said, maybe he's not a, an apprentice anymore. Yeah. Which is possible. On that note, though... Will has graduated from Pirates of the Caribbean Academy and is now a full-fledged pirate, which is good. So congratulations, Will. The interesting bit, thanks for the golf clap, is that Will is the only real traditional movie pirate in Curse of the Black Pearl. And with his new look, he is sporting, dare I say that, Errol Flynn look. It helps make the scene. The Robin Hood theme, take from the evil rich and give to the poor, revolt against the brutal sheriff of Nottingham idea. Will can't let Jack swing after all they've been through. Yep. And everybody else, all these other pirates are not those traditional pirates. Barbosa has traditional pirate elements or Treasure Island elements, such as Long John Silver's kind of personality and the R, the hard R's. R. But he is a skeleton pirate, not traditional. You have Jack Sparrow, who's definitely more of a flamboyant, non-traditional yeah. pirate. Will really is that traditional type of pirate, at least for our main characters right? that we see. And when I say that, too, it's more than just that traditional movie pirate, but it's that hero movie pirate the one who is more of a say swashbuckler type or that rebel type that good guy he's a rebel a rebel well we have a free moment wandering about fort charles here in between all the somersaults and flips i don't think i ever mentioned that it was a real fort on jamaica 
Fort Childs is actually a real place. Oh, really? Yeah, it's still a fort on Jamaica to this day. And the only difference between it now and as it existed in the 1600s is that it now has a museum. Oh, really? Yep, there's a museum there. Is that what that's what it's used for these days? That's where Will got all his clothes. He just went shopping at the museum in Fort. <laughs> no, so yeah, it's more of a tourist attraction okay. to a point because they don't really need to have all these cannons. Hey, <laughs> you're no. pulling up cruise ships are coming to Jamaica. Fort Charles is just levying cannonballs at it. They're like, what are we doing? We're coming here to shop and give you our money, and then here they're just blasting cruise ships out of the water. It really is poor form on Jamaica's part. They could yes. really boost their. Income with tourist attractions and dollars. If they if they didn't stopped, blast the tourist. Yeah, ships. they stopped sinking ships that are coming up to them. Yeah, the fort was originally called Fort Cromwell, but was subsequently renamed. In 1667, it had 36 guns, while in 1765, it had 104 guns and a garrison of 500 men. It was damaged by both the 1692 Jamaica earthquake and the 1907 Kingston earthquake, which later resulted in the tilting of the Giddy House, which is now part of the minor tourist attraction of it. Is a giddy house giddy? It's a little fun. It's funny. It's leaning, so that's you're not really supposed to make fun of it, though, because it's, it's, got know, it's some... kind of a handicap. It's yeah. poor form. That was our somber voice <laughs> for the poor giddy house. <laughs> Fort Charles was built in 1655, though. In 1654, Jamaica was under Spanish control, and Spain was at war with England. Oliver Cromwell, Lord Protector of England, which is very weird, because that is the exact same nickname that I have. Lord yes. Protector of England. So it's... Me and Cromwell coming together all these years later. Anyways, Cromwell sent an expedition to invade the Spanish island Hispaniola. When the expedition failed, its leaders did not want to return home in shame. That makes sense. It does, and you should know that well, returning home in shame. Arr! They turned their attention to capturing Jamaica. How really? dare you give me Cotton's parrot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cotton's parrot's <laughs> finger. What was that supposed to be? Oh, Cotton. <laughs> Dang, I forgot what it was. Cotton's parrot. <laughs> Give me the bird, Cotton's parrot. Cotton's parrot's finger. Yeah, that's what I said. I don't think they technically have fingers. They're kind of finger bones inside there if you look at their skeleton. But this is, again, we're not talking biology. They turned their attention to capturing Jamaica, which was poorly defended. The buccaneer Henry Morgan, Henry Morgan Heather knows well. Oh, yeah, I do. Arr, grog. Was a member of the invading force. By May 1655, the English gained control of the island and then began constructing... Fort Cromwell to defend their new acquisition, which later became Fort Charles. Huh, very interesting. So I wanted to mention the all the townspeople that gather to watch a hanging. Oh, yeah, we should you talk know, about that. You see this in all kinds of movies and everything, you know, TV shows and movies and everything. And everybody gathers to watch. Not modern day TV shows. No, um, older stuff, period. I don't remember hangings in Andy Griffith. Period. Oh, period TV shows. Yes. Oh, I gotcha. So you see this in all these different period pieces, and everybody's gathering for these hangings. I'm going, why would you want to gather your whole family to go see a hanging? I just don't, I don't get it. Probably because of the time. I and don't they know. say TV ruins generations. Look at that. <laughs> I Come just, on, kids, we're going to a hanging. Right? I mean, so I kind of looked it up a little, just a little. I didn't do a whole lot of research, just a little research. And I found that thousands of townspeople would gather around the gallows to hear a sermon and observe the hangings of convicted criminals. Such experiences were deemed as good lessons on morality for the children and the townspeople. So it was like a lesson, a moral well, lesson. Well, I think it was them. more of a see kids, crime doesn't pay. Yeah. 
you're going to be hanged if they catch you stealing bread, for instance. Or becoming a pirate. Yeah. And I think that was the lesson. It was, here's what will happen to criminals. And plus, I think there was such a difference in the time, which is not really so different than today, is that we as humans, I'm going to get on my soapbox here, love to see justice. Somebody wrongs, even like road rage, somebody wrongs you just in the stupidest way, people road rage because they're just so irritated that that guy just got away with cutting me off. Now I'm going to go after him. Yeah. Now magnify that to these other things. This is a time when life wasn't easy. Not that life is easy now necessarily, but more difficult. It's a lot easier than it is. Than it was then, Yeah. yeah. And there was that sense of at least we could have justice. Justice has been served. It's all being taken care of and somebody's not getting away with something. And that was, I think, part of it is that whole mentality of let's make sure that there's justice in the world. It just seems so morbid, you know, gruesome. I mean, it's just an odd It is, but I was thinking about that too. It just is not something that I would want to go see. Right. But then I try to put myself in that situation that you're going to see justice being done you're trying to teach morality. Maybe you're hearing like the town leaders or maybe this person or pirate has wronged the town. Yeah. Plundered the town, stolen from the town, merchant ships that were supposed to come there and deliver goods. You know, it because there was no really insurance for shops and things right. or even for bank accounts and stuff like that. If you wanted to, you know, like the federal depository insurance kind of thing. Yeah. There's none of that. It was you yourself had to kind of take care of yourself. And this was that kind of time when you had to think about that. And so this was the outlet. Like, this guy's been just harassing our our men and our boys going off to sea to bring us stuff back or these kinds of things. Yeah. But then there's also putting myself in their position. What if these people were to see some of the stuff that we watch on TV or horror movies that we gather around? Or we go to a theater uh, to watch all these yeah. horror movies and people go there. And would be like, holy mackerel, you're going to watch this nasty horror movie with all kinds of craziness? I mean, imagine some movies like Saw or something. I can't imagine. I've never seen it. We just go, well, it's kind of a torturous thing. The name is Saw. So that tells you all you need to know. They're going, well, we just saw somebody get hanged and his neck broke and he died. You guys actually went to a freaking theater and watched choppings and bits. Didn't remember that? Chop, chop, stab, stab. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. Yeah. So is there really a difference except that there is a live person there versus some of the weird stuff that we watch for entertainment? Yeah, but you're, you're Are we also, really that different from these people? You know, you're also bringing your children. So it's just, I don't know. And I guess not. But the it children just is seems, a little different. Right? It is. But I, it's teaching them a lesson. But it's life was hard there. To, there it's true. Death wasn't not known by kids. Right. Families routinely had people dying all the time in well, it. Yeah. Kids, they had big families. And- kids died. They were dying earlier. This was just a normal part of everyday life. Yeah. So this was not something that people hadn't been exposed to on a daily basis. Right. Not that people were keeling over in their houses daily, but right. the I chances of mean. them having witnessed death and had to go through that was a lot higher than it is today. Yeah. At certain ages. So... Not everybody, but for the most part, I think. Yeah. So I think that's the the question. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess it makes sense. It just seems. It's a little bit different. Yeah. It. it I mean, I can see the morbidity of it. But even like you know, in the see movies like in the sixties and 
people would go to executions. They still do that. Yeah. But they have to have a witness. There's people that want to see it. They open that up. Yeah. I mean, it's not something I want to go see. But No, me neither. Don't get me tickets, please. I'm not going to get you tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, now i got to find her another Christmas present. <laughs> so yeah, I think that there was just some differences in the times and trying to scare straight but your it, family from doing some of the crimes. It also makes sense when you say that they were stealing from the town. I mean, they all, if you steal from the town, you steal from the merchants, you steal, everything goes up in price and just same thing. I could see that. And then there's you also know. the fact that religion was a big part of it. So you said yeah. that they went to see a sermon. So yeah. probably the sermons included stuff about morality. This guy was going against God or whatever that they were talking about. And now he's going to be judged for right. that. And so they came out to see that because it was kind of a function of the church as well, at least for the sermon bar yeah. part of it. So maybe. Maybe. Although I only play an expert on executions on Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. I'm not really an execution <sighs> expert. You know. I'm a hangman as a hobby, a hobbyist, a hobbyist hangman in my spare time. But I don't do that for my day job, so I'm not really an expert. Oh, that's good. If I don't get paid for it, then you're not really a professional at it. Right. So there you go. Amateur. Amateur yeah. hangman. I think I just found the title of this episode, Amateur, Amateur Hangman. Hangman. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I got. That's all I have. Look at that. A bit of history, a lot of swashbucklers, and we all came here for some uh, pirate action. Yet mysteriously absent are those infamous euphemisms, except maybe in the very beginning. Yep. I mean, that's something to shoot for next time, is to make sure we integrate those euphemisms. We better hurry up and do them. We're running out of minutes. Exactly. Now, who doesn't want to wrap things up here with a happy ending? But you got a happy ending? Oh, I sure hope I do. <laughs> that just went right over your head. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 129 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horn swoggling and happy endings to a minimum. It's the world against us and us against the world. Those of you in favor of these articles, raise your right hands and say aye! Aye! Heather! Heather! Pliny, she always disappears right after the show. Get me my grog, she says. Probably at the Faithful Bride Tavern. Again. Heather, are you in there? Bring me my grog, you scurvy barkeep. Mother's love. What are you doing in here? You always take off before telling everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. So get on with it, Savvy! I'm disinclined to acquiesce to your request. That means no. I know what it means. It means you're getting another rum, and I'm thanking the listeners. Thanks for listening, Scallywags. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we'd greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might feature your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy. Now get out of here, you filthy bilge rats. (laughs) 